Greetings from Covenant Community of LJ, Georgia. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from His Word. May He bless you richly as you seek Him. We'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon. And for information on that, visit us at covenantcommunitylj.com. And now, let's open up God's Word. Well, all that wonderful music is tying right in with exactly what I feel in my heart is for us today. So I pray that your heart is attentive to hear God's message to you and to me and to us and through us. Uh, We celebrated Easter, the most wonderful day in all of history, that Jesus Christ, uh, God, come in the flesh, died and rose again. The Prince of Light came into the darkness and pulled all the darkness of evil into himself, pulled it and came out of the grave. Up from the grave he arose and came out in triumph, the light of the world, into the darkness that's in this world. He defeated the prince of darkness, Satan. And this is not just a, a, a neutral darkness. This is a malignant darkness. This is an evil darkness. And the righteous light the holy light of the world rose from the grave victorious uh, and, and has, uh, he was seen for 40 days. Jesus Christ who was prophesied, Jesus Christ who was sinless, Jesus Christ crucified, dead, uh, buried, and risen. Here in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said, Now I make known to you, brothers and sisters, the gospel, the good news, which I preached to you which also you received, because just because it's preached doesn't mean you receive it, but they received it, in which you also stand, by which you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Listen, Christian belief is not just, okay, I believe in God, believe in Jesus, okay, see you in heaven, God, and that's it. No. Christianity, the justified ones, shall be living by faith. We are to be living by faith day by day. And Bible faith is obedient faith, walking in the light of His Word. We don't try to save ourselves, but we are obeying Him because we love Him. We're worshiping Him because we love Him. Praise Him, Lord, we were just singing, Lord God Almighty. There is no mightiness above him. He is invincible. And he's not just neutral. uh, He is passionately in love with people. He came to seek and to save lost people. Dead, buried, and risen. He says, verse 3, For I delivered to you, as of first importance, primary, what I received, that Christ, the anointed one, anointed by God, the anointed deliverer, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures see God plans things then he tells you what he's going to do then he does it and then he tells you this is what I did that I said I was going to do amen Uh, our God has prophesied things there in the garden of Eden that happened and he has prophesied the end of time Uh, the Bible is history already pre-written a lot of what is going to happen verse 4 and he was buried And he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. 
You know, this is why I have a problem with people who say in the garden, he was praying, God, is there some other way? No, it's in the scriptures. When he would come, how he would live, how he would die, and that he would rise again. How could he be praying, is there another way? He's, he'd been telling for six months, this is what's going to happen. When I get to Jerusalem, I will be betrayed into the hands of sinners. I will be crucified. And the third day, I will rise again. Verse 5. And he appeared. After he rose, he appeared to Cephas. What's Cephas's other name? Peter. Why does it say that? Oh, man, if there's anybody who thought Jesus would never talk to me again, it was Peter. And we'll be talking about him again in a little bit. Verse 6. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time most of whom remain until now but some have fallen asleep in other words 500 people not that many people can't be all deluded at once verse 7 then he appeared to James then to all the apostles I mean his own brothers and sisters didn't believe in him until he rose again and last of all Paul says he appeared to to one un, to me as one untimely born he appeared to me also for I am the least of the apostles, and I am not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But the grace of God, that amazing, huge word, the favor of God, the kindness of God, uh, uh, I am what I am. And his grace toward me didn't prove vain. In other words, he showed me mercy, he showed me kindness, he showed me his grace, he showed me his love, and I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God. Uh, with me whether then it was I or they so we preached and so you believed Jesus came to be the savior of the world let's say John three sixteen together King James for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. That includes you. That includes, uh, I mean, he is coming to fix all creation. Everything that Adam, the first Adam messed up, the last Adam is fixing. He came to reverse the curse. So we talked about the wonderful Holy Spirit sent at Pentecost. We talked about uh, 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts that are there. We talked about 1 Corinthians 14, the gifts that are there. Ephesians, 1 Peter, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we said, you can have amazing gifts. But 1 Corinthians 13 says, you need to also have not just the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So when you're preaching, you preach with love and joy and peace. And when you're healing people, you heal people with love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness. And when you're preaching and when you're teaching and when you're ministering and however the Holy Spirit has gifted you, however he has uh, worked in your life, that you do that with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, I mean, beaming out through you. That is so important. The love of God, and, and, and 1 Corinthians talks about that, the love that is patient, the love that is kind, the love that is gentle, the love that, that goes on describing there that kind of love uh, of God. And we're to be the body of Christ, coming into unity and maturity in Christ. And we are God's best plan in this world. There's one great hindrance in our lives that affects all of our lives, our marriages, our homes, our friendships, our business. It affects the church. 
And today we'll talk about the, the, the Apostle Peter and how he demonstrates this great hindrance that can be in your life, hindrance in my life, uh, th that can hinder the operating of the Holy Spirit. You know, let me just share with you, uh, it's not exactly with what I have to do, but it's in my heart to share it, so I will. 1 Corinthians 11, 28 talks about, just before we go into Hebrews 12, I mean, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, chapter 13, talking about the love that's supposed to be the foundation to all of that, chapter 14, which talks about uh, how we you know, manifest the different gifts in the fellowship and out in, in the community. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he's talking about communion, as brothers and sisters come together often to drink the wine, to drink, to eat the bread in memory of the new covenant in my blood, Jesus said. He said, y'all, be careful as you come. Don't be careless. You know, don't just say, ah, doesn't matter how I live. You know, I'm saved. Oh, it doesn't matter if I'm at church or not. I'm saying, you know, you are an important part of the body of Christ. And he says, as you take communion, Take it wisely. Get Remember, Jesus didn't die just for you. He died for the person next to you. He died for the, the people of the world. And he died for the church, which is his body. You are an important part of it. You know, if the cells in your body quit working right, that's called cancer. They're working backwards. They're supposed to have an open door and they have a closed door. They're supposed to have a closed door and they have an open door. They start working backwards against your body. They start being destructive in the body. They start uh, eating their way to organs and destroying your life. God says it's very important how you live. It's very important your connection to the Lord Jesus Christ. Very important how you live. He says for this reason many among you are weak physically, sick physically, even dead. Ananias and Sapphira, we have no reason to think they weren't Christians, but they came in the church. They lied about a real estate deal to try to impress everybody, but still stash some off to the side here just in case. Uh, Peter said, hey, while you had it, it's yours. Do what you want to with it, but don't lie. You haven't lied to me. You've lied to the Holy Spirit. Both of them died there. Fortunately, especially since we have so much real estate dealing around here, God's not doing that quite that way all the time. But he does say, he does say it's important how you live in relationship with him. It's important how you live in relationship uh, to one another. Jesus told Peter. Now, all sometimes we get on to Thomas. We say Thomas was an unbeliever. But guess what? He ran. They ran. One time, Jesus said, I'm going to Jerusalem. And, and Thomas and, and all the rest of them said, well, they just tried to kill you there. And Jesus said, well, that's God's will for me to go there. And so Thomas said, come on, let's go die with him. So there he was. He was speaking bravely. Uh, Eric, if you don't mind, check the AC for me. Because uh, when they get too warm, they get drowsy. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of them bring blankets. <laughs> Especially at night. Okay, thank you. Uh, but Jesus told Peter. Peter couldn't believe this. He said, "The cock will not crow two times, or will crow two times, and you'll have already denied me three times." Peter said, "Not me, not me, man. I'm your man. I am with you. Everybody else may forsake you. Everybody else may run away, like you said, but not me." 
Be careful when you start contradicting God and his word. Doesn't work. He didn't know himself. But Jesus said to him, well, it's going to happen. But when you're converted, then comfort your brothers, strengthen your brothers. Peter had a lot to learn about Jesus Christ, and he had a lot to learn about himself. He's a great comfort to us as we see God taking a very human Peter with all of his flaws and making a wonderful servant of Christ out of him. But remember, he went out and wept bitterly. You ever wept bitterly? You ever wept just like your heart was going to break? You ever wept when you, you know, you can think of those times when you've had that deep anguish of spirit. Peter, Jesus, he, he denies Jesus a third time, curses. I don't even know the guy. I don't know him. And Jesus turned and looked at him. Oh, my word. <laughs> he didn't see condemnation. See, told you. No. He thought, oh, my friend. We've walked together these three years. You've seen miracles. You've cast out demons. You've have seen people raised from the dead. You just a little while ago told me you'd stick with me to the very end. You'd die with me. Yeah, you've waved your sword in the garden in a, in a flash of impetuosity. But right now, a girl's asking you if you know me. And you say, I don't know him. You've cursed and you sworn. Jesus looked at him because he knew the pain that was going to be in his heart. Have you ever done something you just couldn't believe you did it? Ever done something that just broke your heart? Oh, but we have good news. God helped, Jesus helped him, he'll help you. So Peter was a devoted disciple. Peter had the problem that those people in that other church have, those other churches. It's spelled, starts with an S and it ends with an F. Has two letters in the middle. Self. Everybody say self. self. Peter was a devoted disciple. Peter was full of self. Peter repented and then Peter was transformed by the Holy Spirit. Peter was a devoted disciple. You know, Jesus had, had met Peter and John, James and John. I don't think that, that when he called them that he'd never met them before. He'd been talking to them, but the day came when he walked by and said, Hey, y'all come on. Follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And Zebedee's there said, thanks a lot. You know, my vice president's gone. My chief's assistant's gone. And they walked off and he was left with the other servants there. But uh, Peter was a devoted disciple. When Jesus called him to leave, he did that immediately. Later on, he said to Jesus, we have forsaken all and followed you. He was a man of absolute surrender. He gave up all to follow Jesus. He was a man of responsive obedience. One day uh, he was fishing. They'd been fishing all night long. Now I did this one time. We took the young people out on Carter's Lake. We got us a pontoon boat and we went fishing. Now we weren't fishing seriously for our living. We were just fishing and playing games and that. But we went all night long. Uh, I will never try to drive home after an all night like that again. My word, I told the teenager sitting next to me, I just keep smacking me in the head, keep smacking me in the head, because he couldn't drive and I had to drive. But we, we fished all night, and we had one fish this long. I did catch that one, but that was it. I mean, all my minners gone, my crickets gone. It was not a, a good night. Peter had been fishing all night with the guys. This was for a living. And Jesus said, uh, cast, go out into the deep and cast your net out. 
Peter said, Lord, we've been fishing all night. We're fishermen. You're a preacher. There's no fish out there. But listen to what he says next. But nevertheless, at your word, he submitted to Jesus and there was a miracle catch. Peter was a devoted disciple. Peter was a responsive, obedient disciple. He's a man of great faith. What, one night they were out there rowing the winds, blowing the waves are popping and they hadn't been getting anywhere. And they look out there and they see a dude walking on the waves. And they said, oh my word. They began screaming, carrying on. I mean, can you hear sailors screaming with fear? What's that? Jesus said, oh, calm down. It's me. He was going to walk on by. But Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come on. And guess what? Crazy guy. He climbed out of the boat and walked across the water to Jesus. And he began and he looked back at the guys. And then he looked at the waves and he heard the wind. He said, people don't walk on water. And he sank down. And he said, what? Lord, save me. That's a good thing to do when you sink down and your faith is not good. Lord, save me. And Jesus reached out and says, oh, come on, man. Why didn't you trust me? But he didn't drag him back to the boat through the water. He walked back to the boat with him. They climbed in the boat and all the others said, whoa, that was something. People can walk on water, y'all. I don't know if we ever need to walk on water, but it can still happen. Amen? Amen? Oh, that's weak. Amen. We're singing glory, holy, 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 Lord God. Almighty. Is this battery worn down? No. Was, Peter, was Peter a people? Yes. Are you a people? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit in you? Yes. Peter didn't even have that. What God needs you to do, you can do in the place that he put you in. Amen? You just got to make sure you're walking with him and doing what he told you to do. Don't tell him. If you just, there's some men in Kenya drowned that way. They decided that they were going to walk on water. And they went way out there and they all jumped out of the boat to walk on water. And God didn't tell them to walk on water. When Jesus says walk on water, you walk on water. Until then, it won't happen. Some girls in Korea did that too. They were at a, a, a young women's uh, get together and they just had their faith all built up so they came back to the stormy river and they pronounced that they were going to walk on water walked out and they drowned and the people made fun of Jesus and his word then no Jesus can help you do anything but be sure you're doing what he told you to do amen so uh, Peter uh, was a man uh, he was devoted he was responsive to Jesus he's a man of great faith he was a man of spiritual insight Jesus said who do men say that I am and Peter answered back, or the, the disciples said, oh, some say you're Moses, some say you're Elijah. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ. You're the anointed one, the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. God revealed this to you. You're a man who's got revelation knowledge. We're talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit. God can give you a word of knowledge. God can give you a word of wisdom by the Holy Spirit. And Peter was a man who had spiritual insight. And Jesus said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. Jesus called him the rock man. He said, you're Peter, a rock. 
But on this rock, I think speaking of himself, he said, I'll build my church. But he said, I give to you the keys of the kingdom. Peter was quite a man. If he was here now, many of us would consider him an advanced Christian. There was much in Peter that was still lacking. Peter was lacking. Now, stay with me. Because you may say, I don't know why that stuff doesn't work for me. I don't know why uh, things aren't better than they are for me. I know they could be, should be, but they're not. Maybe today this message is what you need to hear. Peter had never totally surrendered. There was still a lot of S-E-L-F, self, in Peter. A lot of me. Immediately after that word of revelation that he got from God. Now, I know you know this story, but just stay with me. Jesus said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. My father revealed this to you. Then Jesus began telling them, you know, we're going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. And they're going to crucify me. And on the third day, I will rise again. And Peter says, now, Jesus, I'm the revelation man, remember? I just heard from God himself, you said so. That's not going to happen. Because I know the plan. The plan is you drive out the Romans, rule Israel, all those nasty Gentiles all over the world. If they don't straighten up, they'll go to hell, and that's a good place for them. And me, being naturally the obvious choice I'm going to be the leader right beside you then James and John some of them I don't know where Bartholomew will be down there maybe he'll be over in Ethiopia somewhere but me I'm going to be right here with you in Jerusalem leading that is the plan how many of you have got plans for God don't raise your hand that's probably not good Many times we have plans for God. We have the way we think it's going to work out. We have the things we think are going to happen. And we tell God what's going to happen. I say that about the weather sometimes. You know, sometimes it, it's raining when it's supposed to be sunny. I'll say, oh, they forgot to tell God what the weather forecast was. Because uh, we have plans. We have things that we like to do. Peter had a plan. And Jesus rebuked him. Uh, Peter says, no, Jesus, you, that can't happen. And Jesus rebukes him and says, get behind me, Satan. Satan. You don't savor the things which are of God. So one minute he's hearing from God the Father. Another minute he's hearing from the devil because the devil's plan happens to be in harmony with his plan. He likes that. And so uh, he says, that can't happen, Jesus. And Jesus rebuked him and said, get behind me, Satan. You're not seeking God's will but man's plan. Here's Peter in self-will, self-will's wisdom, rebuking Christ. Remember, Martha did that too. Jesus, how about getting that lazy Mary sitting there on the floor? Tell her to get herself in the kitchen in here. Twelve disciples to feed, all of y'all to feed, and she's just sitting there with a silly look on her face. Jesus said, no, no, no. I didn't ask you to fix food for us. And it's fine what you do it. But she's chosen the better thing. You're not going to have me all the time. You can be fixing food for a long time. Uh, leave her alone. She's chosen the better thing. And it's not going to be taken from her. So the, the, the apostles were all the time arguing who's going to be uh, the leader. And Peter was there. So Jesus said after. Now listen to this. Jesus said after rebuking Peter. Get behind me Satan. He said. 
I want you to deny yourself, take up your cross, and daily, and follow me. So you deny yourself, take up the cross daily, follow him. This is where uh, we are oftentimes falling short. Deny self. Take up your cross. What is the cross? Now, I, I was, when I was younger, I was confused about that. But to me, the way to explain the cross is the cross is wherever God's will crosses your will. You may have a perfectly good plan. You may be planning to do this, planning to do that. that but God comes into your heart and says, do this. Go over and visit so-and-so. Go over and talk to so-and-so. You say, oh, can't, can't do that. Uh, or, or don't want to do that. Or I, I'm too busy to do that. How many of you, God has spoken in your heart, told you to do something, and you really didn't want to do that? You had something else to do? How many of you went ahead and did what you're supposed to? How many of you are happy you did? Yes. I tell you, when you obey God, yes, it's a cross. Yes, it's a But out of it comes great blessings because Jesus bore the cross that God gave him. Because God let evil men persecute him. Evil men mistreat him. His own disciple, his own apostle betray him. God allowed all of that to happen. And then God used it to defeat the evil of the universe. Adam, the first Adam, made a bad decision. He willingly, willfully ate of the fruit, disobeyed God, and brought sin into this world. Brought, uh, abdicated his authority, and turned it over to Satan. And Satan became the little g God of this world, and began to cause all kinds of trouble. Jesus came, and when he was given a choice, he said, yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. And went to the cross. Looked like a terrible defeat. Hung in shame. Ridiculed. Mocked. Scorned. And the devil thought, I got him. And because I got him, I got them all. But he didn't know the deeper truth of God. That God, come in the flesh, died. Redeemed us. Purchased our redemption. Went down. Rose again from the dead. And through faith in him. And a life of faith and trust in Him. We are reconciled to God. No man can follow Jesus who doesn't deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow Him. Self must be utterly denied. And the cross must be embraced. What does that mean? All your personal interests. Listen, uh, I love doing this, that, and the other. But there are times when I can't do what I'd like to do because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I'm glad to do that. But we do have to make choices. All personal interests and claims have to be ignored for what Christ wants from your life. That's the root of true discipleship. True uh, being a, an apprentice, as uh, Mike reminds us many times, an apprentice of Jesus Christ, following after him to try to become more and more like him and letting him instruct you becoming an apprentice that's the root of true discipleship uh, Peter thought that he was strong he said even if everybody leaves you I won't he didn't know himself like Jesus knew him the picture that he had for his future was not God's picture 
I, I like a little definition that uh, I was taught says God's will is what I would choose if I had all the facts I don't he does and I trust him if you don't have that written down somewhere or don't know it you should write that down because that will help you in going through life God's will is what I would choose if I had all the facts I don't he does and I trust him do you know God that way Peter still had a lot of self in himself. How, how we need to read and meditate on God's word. You know, uh, we'll be talking more about this in the future. Meditating. Psalm 1 says, if you want to be truly successful, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the path of sinners. Don't sit and develop the attitudes of the scornful, but delight in his word. Day and night. Meditate in his word. Day and night. It will guide you. It will protect you. It will correct you. It will keep you going. You know, Brother Keith here flies big airplanes. He doesn't just look at the compass, take off and say, well, I think that's the way we're going over there. Turn that thing off. No, he keeps looking at that. There's winds blowing. There's things happening. And he's got to keep looking at those instruments. Make sure he's flying level. Make sure he's flying the right altitude. Make sure he's going the right direction. And you need to keep your eyes and your heart in the Word of God so that you learn how to meditate on what God says and stay in harmony with God Himself. Jesus Himself was devoted to prayer day by day. Peter had his own vision of the future. And, while, and he was sleeping while Jesus was praying. Jesus said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Now, I don't like the verse that says, Jesus, when did he get up to pray? A great while before dawn. <laughs> Sometimes I get that verse at 5 o'clock in the morning and I wake up and I say, I know that verse. Uh, I sure would like to sleep some more. But there's times when I know that's what I'm supposed to do. I tell you what, I get up, start pacing up and down and start praying. And I'm so glad I did by the end of the day. Usually something happens that day and I was so glad that I got plugged in. Every once in a while I don't and then I hear a little voice says, see, should have been plugged in, turned on, my boy. Uh, Peter didn't hear Jesus' warning. He said, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. As the world around us intensifies in resistance to God's spirit and his will and ways, we need to guard against self-confidence, self-will, selfishness, self, self, self. We need to be learning to hear from God, to be sensitive to God, to be tuned in to God and His will and His Spirit, and to be praying instead of sleeping like the apostles. They were suddenly overwhelmed uh, by the spirit of the world, and, they became, and we can become discouraged and our love for God grow cold. What are we to do with the self-life, the fleshly spirit that wants to walk independent of God? Listen, Romans 14 says, whatever is not of faith, is sin. Say that with me. Whatever is not of faith is sin. What's another word for faith? Trusting in God. Whenever you stop trusting in God, whenever you pull your hand out here and say, I can handle this, that's God's definition of sin. To him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, it's sin. And then to disobey his law is sin. So those are three ways of defining sin in, in, in our lives. And we need to watch ourselves there. So we've got to watch out about self-confidence and not listening to what God says. What are we to do with the self-life, the fleshly spirit that wants to walk independently of God? Uh, we need 
to deny ourselves, take up the cross daily, and follow after him. Peter didn't listen to Jesus and found himself denying uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Self made the devil. Satan, worshiping God, leading in the worship of God, decided for self and ended up becoming the devil and a twisted enemy of God. Self made Eve disobey God. Self made Adam choose for himself and brought about terrible destruction in humanity. Peter denied Jesus three times and as we said, looked at him and was heartbroken to see what he had done. After Jesus rose from the dead, he says, go tell Peter that I'm risen. If you had denied Jesus like that, if you had bragged and then run away from him, how would you feel? Oh, Peter felt devastated. Peter says, even if he was alive, it wouldn't be the same. After all that I said, he said, tell Peter, I'm alive and I'm going before you. And he came and he appeared to them. Uh, and uh, they were, he was on the shore and he said, hey, you guys, you got any fish? They didn't recognize him. They said, no, nah, I've been fishing all night. He said, well, cast on the other side of the boat and you'll catch some. And they said, I wonder who that is. They cast over there and suddenly they had this 153 huge fish in their net and the nets start breaking. And one of them says, it's the Lord. Peter wraps his cloak around himself, jumps in the water. He can't wait to get to land. I love that heart, don't you? Doesn't it just do you good when a kid just breaks loose and runs over there to give you a hug? Because they love you. A little while ago, I was walking across there, and Dahlia was walking across, and I waved at her, and she said, Pastor Steve, ran over and hugged me. Oh, I tell you what, that child can have anything she wants. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just does, does you something. And Peter says, it is him. And he, he, he doesn't think about what he's done. He just, I got to get to him. And he jumps in the water, and he flounders to shore, and then he's thinking all the way, oh, oh, that's Jesus, that's the one I denied that, but I'm going anyway. And Jesus said, y'all have any fish? No. And they look, and there's some fish already on the fire. Does it? And then as they gather around, Peter, Jesus looks at Peter and said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you, you know I, I love you. He waits a little bit. Peter, do you love me? Well, why'd you ask that twice? You know I love you, of course. Peter? How many times did Peter deny it? Peter, do you love me? And he's heartbroken because he said, well, I've bragged before. But yes, Lord, you know I love you. The Lord asks us the same thing today. Now Peter's ready for deliverance from self. Jesus as he revealed himself to them then he was caught up to heaven. They saw him going to heaven. Jesus said wait at Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes and then you will receive power and you'll be my witnesses out into society. Now Peter uh, receives boldness and power and insight into the word of God. And the uh, authority as he preaches to the people of Pentecost. And 3,000 people are saved. Something deeper and better. Christ was working to make Peter more and more what he wanted him to be. 
by the Holy Spirit. In 1 Peter, you read uh, where Peter uh, says that uh, we are to, blessed are you when you're reproached for the Son of God. Happy are you for the Spirit of glory and of God is on you. This is the one who was afraid to talk to a girl and now he's rejoicing. He said, blessed are you. In 1 Peter, the, the theme is suffering. He said, you're called to suffer as Christ suffered. And, and I just wanted to, to speak this message to us today because it's possible to be living an inferior Christian life. Peter, if he had listened to Jesus, fasted, prayed, stayed up with Jesus in the garden, things may have turned out differently. But God was working in him, sent the Holy Spirit on him, and then empowered him. After a while, they dragged he and all the other disciples in before the Sanhedrin, before the Supreme Court and the Congress and the Senate, dragged him in there and said, you all shut up and quit preaching in Jesus' name or we will kill you. Do you understand? And Peter says, y'all do what you got to do. We know what we've seen. We know what we've heard. We can't stop talking about Jesus. It's better to obey God than man. There's a change in this man. This is a man who says everything I have belongs to Jesus. I'm willing to die for him. This is a man so humble. Tradition says when they got ready to crucify him, he said, I'm not worthy to die like my master died up, up like this. Please turn me upside down. Crucify me upside down. I'm not worthy to even die like my master. Oh, this is a heart that's overcome by love for the Lord Jesus, a heart that is no longer self-centered, but is Jesus centered. Peter's story is our story. If we're going to be blessed and be a blessing from God. You may be a believer in whom the power of the flesh is still very strong. Peter cast out demons. He'd healed the sick. He'd heard from God. He had been with Jesus, but the flesh still had a stronghold in him. Self hinders the power of God in us and through us. Self hinders the power of God in us and through us. How do you know if self is in your life? You know my little story about the cup of coffee. When your elbow gets jogged, whatever comes out of you is what you're full of. Uh, and we get jogged in the most unexpected times, most unexpected ways. And sometimes we'll find fear coming out of us. Sometimes we'll find pride coming out of us. Sometimes we'll find lust coming out of us. Sometimes we'll find envy coming out of us. Sometimes we find jealousy. We can find these fleshly things coming out of us, but God is not doing that to destroy you. He's doing that to reveal to you. And then you say, oh Lord, forgive me. And I pray that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit. And instead of selfishness, out will come self-sacrifice. Instead of pride, out will come humility. Please work in me. Oh, the pain in people uh, of the past who, you know, I could name some very prominent preachers, some very prominent leaders who got too big for their britches, 
of people in the Old Testament that we read about, people in the New Testament, then people in history, people who became swelled up with pride. You know, imagine that little donkey that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on, and they were throwing down branches, throwing down clothes, and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, Hosanna to the king of kings. Imagine the little donkey trotting down the road the next day and says, where is everybody? You all had lots to say about me yesterday. I was something yesterday. No, no, it was Jesus. Uh, God is trying to deal with self in our lives. And we want to be a church that is strong. We want to be a church that's making a difference in our community. We want to be a church filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit where we see the gift of mercy. We see the gift of preaching, the gift of prophecy, the gift of exhortation, the gift of tongues, of interpretation of tongues, the gift of healing, the gifts of the Holy Spirit working. But you know, we can then get distracted and become proud of our church and forget who it is that we really love. So God is calling us now to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and to love the people around you as yourself. Uh, it is easy to become proud and then to get ourselves into big trouble. Christ chose, called, trained, and used Peter and took him from a fisher of fish to a fisher of men. Took him from self-centered to savior-centered to spirit-controlled. Changed him and made him. Jesus sets you free. No one else. Humble yourself before him. Things that are impossible with man are possible with God. Salvation Listen, salvation and holiness are two things God wants in our lives. He wants you to be putting your faith in Jesus to save you from your, the, your, the penalty of your sins, from the power of your sins, and one day from the presence of your sins. He wants you to put your faith in him, not just believe in Jesus. The devil believes in Jesus. The devil saw him raised from the... But he has never surrendered to him. Have you surrendered to him? With God, all things are possible. Salvation and then holiness. You might say, well, I've tried to, to be, be a better Christian. I've tried to overcome self. Come to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I want to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I want to be more like you. Do what you need to do in my life to get rid of self and let me focus on the Savior and on your spirit. If we're going to be a church that is like the body of Christ that he wants us to be. It has to be, it used to be all of me, none of him. Then it became some of me, some of him. But God's goal is that it be none of me and all of him. Him working through me. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, and we'll stop here. 2 Corinthians 12, he... Uh, was blessed to be caught up into the third heaven and to see things he wasn't even allowed to talk about. And because God was concerned that he become proud, God let a demon bother him. And Peter, uh, Paul prayed, Oh God, make that demon go away. God, make that demon quit bothering me. And God said, No, quit praying about that. It's all right to pray about something until God tells you to quit praying about it. Uh, it's okay to nag God about stuff. Uh, 
You know, he says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock, keep on knocking. Beat on the door. It's okay. But once he tells you to stop, he told Moses to quit praying about something. He told Paul, quit praying about that. I'm going to let that evil spirit bother you so that uh, as you go through trials and troubles, as you go through pressures that uh, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 10, therefore I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions. That could be your kids. Could be your in-laws, your outlaws, your spouse, your boss, your preacher. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm content, he said, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So will you just in today, will you, we all want to be strong. Be strong. Will you go limp? Will you say, I'm a glove, you're the mighty hand? Oh, Holy Spirit, fill me. Oh, Holy Spirit, use me. Anywhere there's resistance in my life, I want absolute surrender to you. I want to be the best glove, the World Series glove for you. I want you to be able to use me. Sometimes that means you've got to get pounded a little extra. Sometimes that means you've got to be whooped on a little bit more, but it's always with the wonderful intention of God that you be the best that you can be for Him. So there's a four-letter word of what gets in our way of God's best plan for our life as Christians, and it's what? Self. Say it louder. Self. And those other people need to repent of that, don't they? <laughs> we want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship we believe he's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, covenantcommunitylj.com. If you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.